between my legs, between my legs, go. The squirrel was like running between the legs and then try and flip the squirrel. Somatic sexologist Morgan Penn is back with Hayley Sproul for a new season of Sex.Life. So more and more little pets started appearing and some horses for the pony play. Sex.Life, a new episode every Wednesday. Listen on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks to Wild Secrets. The ACC's Daily Agenda Podcast, powered by Musashi. I'm back, back off the side of the mountain. It took me a long, long time to uh, get back to Auckland. Um, I'm a shell of a human man. Uh, five uh, days straight on the source, and that's my own doing, so yeah, I've got no yeah. one else to blame for that. That, but, is, that is true. But, hey, you put in a pretty solid effort off-mountain. Yeah. Uh, On-mountain is a different story, but off-mountain is your specialty. Yeah. I was talking a lot of shit about going big on the big ear. Um, and a lot of people have been commenting, DMing me since I've been back in the office this morning. People have been hitting me up. Everyone's going, "You weren't actually gonna, you you weren't actually gonna get on the bloody big ear thing, were you? You were never gonna do it." And my response has been, "I guess we'll never know." Well, until next year. Until next until year. Until Jossie Wells' Invitational 2024. I know he's already very excited about uh, getting me up there. <laughs> um, I, I got to be honest. There was a moment there where they, when we got to the mountain on the day, they actually were thinking of doing the big year. On the Saturday. On the Saturday, it had shut down. And so they were like, look, it's, it's even too windy for us to take you up there. So we can't take you up there. I was like, oh, thank fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I still think sending you down there on a inflatable biscuit like a, um, it would be quite funny. I think I would still die. We, st- we sat at the bottom. It, t- it was downgraded to a knuckle huck. Uh, so they're coming off the side of the jump. And they were still going nuts. Like, I, I couldn't believe the shit that they were doing just off that. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the fact that they were like, no, we can't take you up there. It's too windy. And then for the next two hours, we sat down at the noodle bar and watched them come flying off this knuckle and doing oh. sick tricks for another two hours. Incredible. Um, and a message got sent out on Saturday um, from the Jossie Wells Invitational um, to the group WhatsApp group yep. from Jossie. And he said, tomorrow's a free day, the, su- the Sunday. Tomorrow's a free day. And yep. then we've got the farewell barbecue. Which obviously lit a fuse yeah. uh, oh. on all of them to go to the bully bar, the Bullock bar, which is not a traditional snowboarder, surf, uh, skier type hangout. It's uh, no. more TAB vibes. It's the local. It's the yeah. local. They've got a big stained glass window with um, Bathurst pictures. Uh, there's a picture of Manu Vatuvai up there as well. Um, and I don't think they'd ever seen anything like it. In fact, I know they hadn't because they were, they were the locals in there were playing pool. They were watching the Warriors, obviously. Yeah. Um, they were getting photos with Nico Porteous, who lives there. Yeah. So it's quite clear that he yeah, <laughs> never goes there. Hadn't been around there very often. Um, and yeah, a, a hundred of the greatest. Uh, ski and snowboarders from around the world descended on the Bullock Bar on the Saturday night and, and t- took advantage of the Export Ultra two for ones. It that was we had going on. it was raucous. Yeah, <laughs> it was out of control. Uh, there were two dudes wrestling on the floor at one point. Um, Nico Porteous and his mate Jamesa, his last name escapes me, they got on the pool table and went undefeated for about eight consecutive games. The first game that they played, the, one of them had gone to the bathroom, so they were like, all right, we'll do a guest break from this guy over here. Now, they pointed at a man yep. by the name of Warhorse, uh, <laughs> and Warhorse walked over, uh, did the break, and sunk two balls of the same colour straight off the break. It was, to be honest, you know what we gave out the best off-mountain performance? Yeah. If we could have given it to a non-athlete, it would have been Warhorse. <laughs> 
Uh, this guy, he judged the Bully Idol, which was the karaoke competition <laughs> that we were talking about, where they would sing, and then after they finished singing, the judges, like American Idol, they'd go around and be like, yeah, look, I thought that they did a really good job, or you could work better at this, blah, 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 blah. Well, Warhorse judged the Bully Idol, and then at the end of the Bully Idol, Warhorse had to. Warhorse got up on stage and played Rage Against the Machine. Oh, with his he loves getting that axe out. Yeah, he? he got the axe out and started shredding. Uh, he was an absolute menace uh, for the entire duration of the week. And then obviously uh, Sunday night. I don't even know what day it is right now. Sunday night we had the farewell farewell dinner at Ripon yep. uh, Vineyard. There, it's beautiful. I've never been there before. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. That's why I saw incredible. Ooh, that's pretty high end for um, the type of. Um, people that were headed there. Yeah, yeah, some real critters there. And it turned, like, Im- immediately, as soon as we got there, like, dinner, whatever, they announced some of the awards, and then heavy D&B DJ was just... Oh, really? Off and, yeah, on and popping from the get-go, and um, um, it was hectic. On an update, too, Marcus Skin. Uh, okay, Mr. Skin. Oh, just before you give the update, this is what it sounded like. I know you've probably seen it on the yeah. Instagram story, but this is what it sounded like when we awarded this to him. Yeah! <laughs> it's the greatest celebration. Fuck everyone. Mr. Skin, yeah. Uh, an Aussie. Um, Aussie. Was he a boarder or a skier? Photographer. Photographer? Yeah. Oh, so no, like, oh. so he, he, he's a skier, but yeah, he was one of the um, guys there filming everything. But an update from him. Yes. What happened? Uh, well, look, we, we got the trophy, yeah. um, and the trophy is glass, and it's very, very heavy. Joe said to me when we picked it up, he's like, someone's going to fuck themselves up with this thing. Uh, sure enough, Mr. Skin, later on that night... We got videos of him at 3 a.m. Um, still partying with the pads on, the, yeah. of course, the ACC pads. Uh, then we got a photo yesterday uh, morning saying uh, of his toes. Oh, yeah, I've got the photo here. He has uh, broken one of his toes. Um, hearing rumours that he can no longer get his ski boot on. And look, I feel, some, I feel some responsibility for this. So now he actually can't do his job. Mr. Skin might have lost a bit of money for winning this award. <laughs> <laughs> He'd probably take it though. You know what? He would take it. It's all in the line of duty. It's yeah. all in the line of duty. Uh, so hey, um, couldn't have had a more deserving winner. And what I liked about it the most is that it's now set a massive precedent because Mr. Skin did not land the plane from the moment he got into Wanaka to the moment of the awards, as you could hear yeah. from that. Um, and you know, he had to sit there and watch everyone else win these awards, and then he finally won the one that yeah. really mattered a lot to him. And so yeah, thoughts and prayers. Yeah. Um, especially that that second toe, which seems to be shattered at the top. Yeah, yeah, it's very problematic. I think maybe next year we need to give out a set of ski boots, perhaps. Oh, just what maybe, maybe just some steel caps, a helmet. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, well done, Mister Skin, Marcus yeah. Skin. Uh, oh, I'm taking that out. Overall, a hell of a week down there in Wanaka. Um, it was great to be able to to live in their world for a for a week. Um, meet a few people down there and just hang out. And uh, yeah, I'll be back to claim my rightful. Uh, thrown at the top of the big ear next year. Big ear Manukas will return. He, he will return. Uh, all right, let's get into some actual sport. The ACC's Wrong button. <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, Ethan DeGroot has copped a two-game ban for his sickening head high. A sickening head high. Whoever the fuck it was. Uh, he will miss the remaining pool games now. Uh, Prop stocks are really starting to dwindle now, aren't they? Yeah, look, yeah, because Lomax is still out. He hasn't dealt mm-hmm. with that gash. wouldn't respect the gash. Um... Yeah, I just, all I'm going to say, lead with the head. Yeah, You want to win games, yep. lead with the head. Get the ball and just run under someone's shoulder because I don't think it was foul play. And we've talked about it a bit yesterday on the daily, but to get yeah. two 
two-game ban as well. It's like, what? So Scott Barrett got a ban last year for a, uh, like a reckless clean-out, like he does. You yeah. know, he just goes flying into a clean-out and his shoulder will make contact with someone's head. And I was saying when I was working in the mainstream media, would you ever see a position where a situation where someone will put their head in a position to get hit like that? Like yeah. you were saying, you sit on the podcast. And I was laughed at by the mainstream sports media. But i got to be honest – it makes sense now. If you were a coach of a you know a team and yeah. you knew you were going to cut like the French, if you knew you were going to come up against this team again, you just bring a guy and just like, hey, do you want to play for your country? So here's here's your job. You're going to be wearing jersey number twenty three. You're going to come on suspiciously early. Yeah, it's a side chat, isn't it? It's not a yeah. team chat. No, it's a side chat. It's like, hey, Manaya, can yeah. you here for a sec? Do you know why you're in this team? I want you to do something. Yeah. Okay, it's between me and you. Yeah. You want to make a name for yourself? Yeah. Do you want to win this World Cup for us? Do you want to win this World Cup for your country? And yeah. You go, you'll go, yes, coach. LeBron James had a guy on his team a couple of years ago who got signed from fucking Turkey or something, yeah. and he went out there and committed like the hardest foul you've ever seen and then was ejected from the game. And at that point, he had earned more in fines than he had in salary for that season, and so LeBron had to pay his salary. And I feel like that's exactly the kind of move that some of these teams need to make to get a, get a team out of there, you know? Yeah. In the Tri-Nations, or what are they calling it now? The championship. Rugby championship. Why not? Why not just get, you know, try and get one of our star players in a, in a suspicious position and get them out of there? Unfortunately, this kind of stuff could well decide the World Cup. I know, and this is the... I, I think the problem that we have, I think, is that our first uh, reflex or punishment is to stop these people from playing the game. We're too happy with the yellows and the reds. Yeah. I feel like we need to change it. Maybe it's some sort of financial punishment or find some other way, dock points. If it's, I don't know. Find some way that it's not this guy can't play anymore because the whole red-yellow card is, was designed initially for a guy who just wants to go out there and throw punches. Yeah. A guy who wants to deliberately hit high people, pile drive them into the turf, all that kind of shit. He can't play anymore. But if you're accidentally hitting someone in the head, yeah. then it should just be like, look, we're going to ping you because you've got a duty of care to the other player or whatever, but you're still allowed to play. That the the game shouldn't be decided by that. We've already got so many issues, um, and obviously, um, as I mentioned, our, our prop stocks are dwindling. Mystic and I will get the crystal ball out tomorrow. Oh, okay. Is the team? Are you going to name the team tomorrow? I actually no, right? because we're not playing again nah, for quite a while. We don't play Italy till the thirtieth of September. Have you got any? Um, Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It's a break, <laughs> but in the middle of it. We've got a bit of, bit of Waz action, so it's we okay. We'll, so the, the country can be 100% focused on the Waz, which we'll touch on later yeah, on in the week. Yeah, yeah, we will. We'll get down to that. Um, but I was just thinking, watching a couple of these games across the weekend, does there need to be a Tier 2 World Cup? I know we've talked about this briefly, but watching that Namibia game, Joe Jury asked me, do you think that um, Namibia would beat an NPC team? I've got to be honest, I don't know. I don't think so. No, I don't <laughs> think they would. I think it would be a good game, like if you put... Uh, the Tasman Marco up against them, I think the Marco would win. I reckon that obliterate them, yeah. Because so, yeah, but I mean, look at that. Yes, is these things where you know you've got to develop the game. You know, it's creating, uh, developing the game in countries like Namibia. I know, but which is basically uh, South Africa and guys who can't make the South African team. Yeah, but but you pile that on the top of the fact that there's not another game of consequence till this Sunday, which I think is uh, Ireland versus South Africa. Then oh, that's going to be a goodie. Aussie play Wales after that. So there are bang, bang, great games coming up this weekend. But between now and then, it's like fucking Chile playing, getting thumped by Samoa and all these different little minnow teams. And Yeah. It doesn't really add to the festival 
festival of rugby atmosphere of it when it's all these blowouts by shithouse teams. It's there, not good rugby. There is an issue of the length of this tournament as yeah. well. And like, look, just look at the two-week break between this and Italy. And then, yeah. and then I think there's a five-day gap and then they play Uruguay. And then on October 15th, there's the knockouts. Yeah. Um, I think it could be truncated by about two weeks, three weeks maybe, 51 yeah. days it lasts for. Like I said in an earlier podcast, yeah. the world's longest World Cup. Yeah. The FIFA World Cup's over in 29 days. Yeah. This is 51. And it's I know it's two a player safety thing or whatever. But yeah, no, but player safety's fine. Just release teams. Yeah, yeah. That's just right. less pools. Yeah. Just make it. Just 100%. make it. Yeah. So anyway. Get rid of the shit, Does. Uh, sweaty balls, humidity and sweat has been turning the ball into what uh, some of the English players on the weekend were calling a bar of soap at the World Cup. <clears throat> and Johnny Wilkinson was uh, interviewed about this. He said it's the same thing, that over there in Paris it gets so uh, humid at night. Like the difference between an afternoon game, yeah. which we saw in the Wales-Fiji uh, game, the, the Fiji-Australia game as well, yeah. um, and the evening games, which England had to play in, they said that like the humidity goes through the roof um, and the the balls themselves, obviously it's sweat and humidity. So it's he's like one of the, what's their, is it Flood, Ford, uh, the first five for England? Anyway, yeah. he was saying that it's it's way worse than when it just rains because I don't know why, sweat is way slipperier than just rain or precipitation. I've never thought about that, but yeah, bodily, bodily excretions <laughs> tend to be a bit more... Uh, viscous. Yeah. Uh, so I can tell a bit more oily yeah. than just your straight rain. And we on this podcast have come up with a lot of stupid ideas that then we see in the mainstream media being reported as serious facts. So I'd like to throw another one out there. Yeah. With all this talk of sweaty balls, Yeah. who's going to be the first player to bring back the Sterling Mortlock gloves? Who's going to be the first person to run out there with a pair of Tane Randalls? Aaron Smith. Yeah. I've seen him wear them. I've yeah. seen Aaron Smith wear them. And he's probably the most likely to bring out the uh, the Tane Randalls. The Tane Randalls. Are you allowed to wear gloves? I don't know. Did they ban them or did they just I, become uncool? I just think I think they banned them. I don't think you oh, can wear they? gloves, can you? Okay, I don't know. I saw Sterling Mortlock on a po- uh, podcast last week and the, the hosts were wearing Sterling Mortlock gloves. I thought I can, that was brilliant. You know what? But it it, it makes sense. If, you, if you're going to get further grip on the ball and you're wearing gloves that have got rubber grip yeah. on it, it kind of makes sense, but it kind of yeah. seems like cheating. Well, no, yeah, but uh, cheating in a good way. No one wants to see knock-ons. Yeah, true. They they, they um, ran some statistics and they saw that there have been more knock-ons already in this World Cup than any other World Cup, and they think that the, the sweaty balls has got something to do with it. Sweaty balls, uh, probably shit teams. Shit house teams yeah, is a big part uh, of it. Yeah, another one. Yeah. Um, and obviously probably bigger hits as well. Yeah. Uh, they're probably the, they're the biggest humans that have ever played the game. That's a good point. Um, and all oh, that All Blacks game. Shit, it pissed down in the middle of that All Blacks yeah, game. Holy really moly. Did. The all Blacks, did not help the all Blacks did a, The All Blacks did a full kit change. Did you notice that at halftime? No. Full kit. Really? Yeah. So they were soaking wet going in. They came out like, Ooh, very dry. That jersey does not lend itself to uh, wet conditions, I don't think. It, it's quite thin. It looked... Did they change the design? Because remember the first game, you could see the design. You know how they got the silver ferns? Yes, like 20 yeah, of them. Yeah. That one didn't. No. Nah. And it looked like a polo shirt, a going out number one's shirt. It, it did, yeah. Back to the, the club rooms afterwards. It did. There's something, something suspicious going on with the kid over there. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they're trying to change it for the warm, humid conditions. I don't no, know. Perhaps. Uh, um, Cleary, Nathan Cleary, he will be waiting for us when we eventually beat the Broncos this weekend and then go and play them. Uh, there was a bit of a scare this week. He got sent for a scan, sent to hospital for scans. Um, and at this time of the year, I feel like that wouldn't have made news about three weeks ago. But now that there's only four teams left in the competition, yeah. this is this is huge. Like As soon as that happened, it was in the group chat. 
Oh shit, Cleary's broken his finger, he's going to be out. Nah, cortisone. <clears throat> yeah. At this stage of the season, you tape that finger together and yep. you put a cortisone injection and numb it for an hour and yep. boom shakalaka. There is no way that Cleary, Nathan Cleary, is yep. not going to play because of a broken finger. That's exactly what um, Sean Johnson just did on the weekend yeah. as well. Yeah. Just inject them with whatever you can, let's get through it and see how we go. Deal, um, deal with it in the off-season. Yeah, 100%. The 10pm one is a killer. I saw. I know you guys mentioned oh. it on the podcast yesterday. Matty Johns came out and said it as well. And I've been saying it all season, for all the wanking on they've done over the last couple of years about the Warriors have kept the competition afloat, we need to reward the Warriors. They've done fuck all to do that like they have just and this is an easy one this why, is a no would, lose situation why would they though this is this is classic Aussie though yeah. they, they love playing a bit of lip service yeah. like, thank you so much thank you so much but yeah. um, you go fuck yourself yeah it's it's the Johnny Bear style of it all like, they don't care about the, the oh, litter of law they just want to win well look what they've been doing <laughs> to the Aboriginals for the past 150 years <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah 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 mate yeah yeah, yeah oh shit yeah yeah, yeah, yeah no, of course, we're, course. We're very yeah, grateful yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. no um, and so that's what's going to happen to us as well. The team will be named later on this afternoon, so I guess we'll break that one down tomorrow. Um, we'll get into another half-baked sports idea tomorrow. And other than that, uh, we'll see you tomorrow. The ACC's Daily Agenda Podcast, powered by Musashi. On this week's episode of Between Two Beers, we hear Megan Compain's remarkable journey from Basketball Hall of Famer to All Blacks commercial manager and all the best stories in between. And and Michael Jordan was basically walking down the hallway getting held up by two of his, you know, people and he was done. And that was the game where he hit the winning buzz of a shot and took it back to game six where I think they won in, in Chicago. So we sort of crossed in the in the hallway, and it was just sort of one of those whoa. Like if I was on, you know, back at, if it was now, you'd be snapping away like yeah. social media. Between two beers, listen on iHeartRadio or anywhere you get your podcasts.